inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding head saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizada sliding pad save. Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas Golden Knights have landed in Montreal, settling in for a good night's rest in Anticipation of a sixth game victory to try and force the Stanley Cup semifinal series the distance. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace getting you set for that one. Uh, just a programming note for everybody. There will not be a VGK Insider show tomorrow. Uh, the game time in Montreal is going to be 5 o'clock Pacific. So we back out up an hour to make room for the uh, VGK pregame show. And uh, that just eliminates uh, all the room that we have for the VGK Insider Show. So uh, taking the place of our program, our regular time slot will be Ryan Wallace with the pregame show. And then it's Gary Lawless and Dan Duva with the call of the game just after 5 o'clock. A must win. And we're not uh, just uh, throwing out hyperbole now. It is a must win for the Vegas Golden Knights. Second time in this Stanley Cup run that the Golden Knights will face elimination, having uh, survived with great fanfare game seven against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Ryan, as you try to balance game five and that performance at T-Mobile Arena and the disappointment surrounding the result there with the preparation going into game six, uh, how do you correlate the two, and uh, where do you come to some kind of uh, uh, opinion on where the Golden Knights stand right now? So, I mean, I, I don't really look at it outside of the fact that every time the Golden Knights have needed a game this year, every time they've needed to bounce back, every time they've had their backs against the wall, this is a team that's been able to find another gear. It's also a team that hasn't really had these these prolonged stretches where – they just haven't been able to get their game going. So you know, I look at game six as, you know, you you talk about how this team was able to perform as the underdog against the Colorado Avalanche. Well, right now, they, they've got to find a way to win. Their backs are against the wall, and I think they play their best hockey uh, when they're in that, that headspace. So that's kind of where I'm approaching game six as – you're going to get the best version of the Vegas Golden Knights in this series in the game tomorrow, and it's going to tell us a lot of, about the Montreal Canadiens if they're going to be able to handle that or not. Uh, the Golden Knights against Montreal. Carey Price will start for the Canadiens. Haven't heard uh, otherwise there. Pete DeBoer has stated that he's made a decision on his starting goaltender for Vegas but has uh, opted to keep that uh, within the confines of the coaching staff. So outside of goaltending, what do the Golden Knights have to do? And Pete DeBoer and his media availability upon arriving in Montreal said he knows they can play much better. I think uh, confident. I think we know we uh, can play better than we did last night, and uh, it's on us to come out and roll out our best game. Uh, I think... Um, we've got a group that's been here before and, uh, you know, I don't think we're overwhelmed by the position we're in. We just have to come out and play a good hockey game. Do you remember last year at the bubble and the abrupt end uh, against the Dallas Stars and how just empty that, that feeling was? And then 
in going through the media availability with the players uh, over the next uh, day or so and and how they felt uh, like there was a real feeling around that group that they were going to get to the Stanley Cup final there was mm-hmm. and yeah. they just the void that was that was left in place when Dallas moved on uh, to face the Tampa Bay Lightning I, I wonder if there's any leaning on that experience as a motivating factor going forward yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you try to draw on it as much as you possibly can, right? Like, if, if you're a player in this in this series for the Golden Knights, um, you've you've got to remember what it felt like to to fall short, right? Like, everything that these athletes do, it, it, it's measured about whether or not you got to where you wanted to be, whether you won a championship, or whether you fell short of that, and. You know, I think that there is going to be some merit, and, and I think it's for some guys, not every not every player, um, to not to not dwell on it, but just kind of recall it, remember what that feeling was like, and then going out there and trying to find a way to avoid that at all costs. I'm sure at the time, going through their minds is, I never want to feel like this again. This yeah. sucked. Like, can you channel some of that and use it in a positive, not dwell on it, like. Yeah. Like in a here we go again type fashion, but I don't want to go through that again and see if you can uh, channel that. Uh, Chandler Stevenson made his return to the lineup last night after missing uh, three games. Uh, we'll get to hear from him in a second, but here's Pete DeBoer on the center iceman's performance. Uh, well, he, he helps us for sure. You know, I don't think he's a hundred percent and, you know, I, I think uh, it's tough sitting for a week and then jumping back in, but um even at less than 100%, he helps us, and I think he'll be better tomorrow than he was last night. Now, on the flip side, here's Chandler on how it felt to get back in. Good. I mean, felt better as the game went on and uh, get my legs under me and just, uh, you know, get the few bumps back and, uh, you know, you're you're into the game. So, yeah, I felt good as uh, the game went on and hope to be better tomorrow. How do you think he played last night, Ryan? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that he played poorly. I, I mean, I, you look at the kind of the entire team not necessarily having having their jump. I I did notice, though, with, with Chandler, we, we kind of talked about the, the absence earlier on in the season when he was serving a suspension. And the jump that he had in that first game back, I don't think we saw that from Chandler Stevenson in the game on uh, on Tuesday, but... You know, I, I do think that as the game wore on, especially there in that late push in the third period, um, he he played fine. But I think there's room for improvement for Chandler Stevenson. And I would, I, I th- you know, you look at the top line for the Golden Knights, there's room for improvement for Max Pacioretty, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone. Uh, I thought early in the first period, there's a couple of opportunities where that line looked like they had some chemistry going again. Like, they looked like the old selves. Uh, Pacioretty had a couple of good looks. Uh, Mark Stone walking out of the corner uh, had some confidence, taking the puck hard of the net, and then it rolled off. And and that was sort of the high watermark of that group. And, and from then, almost started forcing it. Uh, there was yeah. two players, Mark and Petrangelo, just not... Not trying to do too much. I think there's a difference there. But, um, and they may, it may mean the same thing in in the end of it. Uh, Trying to do too much or 
uh, trying to carry the team themselves. And when things go right, we love to laud the players for saying he put the club on his back or their back and just went for it and took it. Well, Stone on that turnover looked like he was trying to do a little bit of that. And at times, I think uh, Alex Petrangelo was was carrying a little bit of that last night. Like, uh, he was feeling it. Petrangelo was feeling it last night. You, uh, you giggled a couple of times at the stick handling where he just walked yeah. around a, a couple of Montreal Canadiens and mm-hmm. one in the offensive zone and one in, the, in, in his own zone where it was like, boop, yep. they pulled the string and he was gone. And, and the Canadian player was looking around going, where'd that guy go? Uh, you know yeah, the guy, the, the big guy with the beard, uh, uh, <laughs> right-handed shot. What, what? what uh, it vanished, uh, and then so when good players have that uh, that feeling like they're going to carry the team, sometimes it, it it just doesn't go right, and and it turns out the other way. There's a couple of plays like that last night, and uh, I, I'll never fault a player for doing that. Uh, I'll be I'll be probably in the minority in that. But it can sometimes uh, turn out in the negative. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw kind of the the, the worst of it. I, I think last night, like when it can kind of turn and and go in the opposite direction. You have Mark Stone trying to make a play, and I think he's trying to make a play because he's down to nothing, right? Like you, you know the context of the game, you know how difficult it is to generate offense against Montreal and how hard it is to score on Carey Price. So you're out there trying to make a play. It doesn't work out in the in the right way for you, and it ends up turning into a goal. Now, on Alex Petrangelo, it's interesting because I, I remember one of the one of the biggest narratives, one of the biggest storylines surrounding Alex Petrangelo this year is that he just wasn't living up to what fans expected him to be and then the playoffs come around and he has taken his game to an absolute another level he's been phenomenal and even in the losses in this series he's been generating so much for the Vegas Golden Knights like Alex Petrangelo is absolutely feeling it in this series and if there's something that gives you um, optimism for game six is that in the biggest moments Alex Petrangelo finds a way to, to shine and finds a way to to ra- rise to the occasion and a couple of years ago in game five of the Stanley Cup final the Boston Bruins took a three to two series lead over the St. Louis Blues captained by Alex Petrangelo and that team came back and won game six and game seven so this is not an unfamiliar situation for Alex Petrangelo in, in what is facing the Golden Knights. I wonder if there's more expectations now than there was then. Like the stage was bigger because you're so close to the ultimate goal. Yeah. But expectations, are they higher here than they were in 2019? I mean, they by virtue of, of what everyone thought of that 2019 St. Louis Blues team to what the expectations are for the Golden Knights, I would say, yes, the expectations right now on Vegas are, are larger than they were for that Blues team because, you know, the that Blues team went from worst to first, right? Like they were able to go from the basement in the NHL to the Stanley Cup final and then eventually win it. But, you know, at that stage, when you're in the Stanley Cup final, you have no idea when that opportunity is going to come. So I think the expectations and the pressure is, is you know, kind of what we were going back to earlier in the segment where we talk about never wanting to feel that way again when you lose or you fall short. I think there's some of that that creeps in with those blues with that blues team in, in 2019. A big part of the narrative 
to why the Golden Knights are in this position of trailing the series 3-2 has been not getting timely goals and then subsequently dot, 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 not getting any goals uh, in the series yes. from the power play. And that's that's a fact. And here's Riley Smith just on what they need to do to get things going with the man advantage. Sometimes you just need a couple bounces to, to go your way. Um, you know, I think it's it's a big factor in this series for us and us struggling on the power play. It's, it's hurting our game. So um, we look to be able to turn that around in this next game. And, and if we're able to, I think we'll go a long way. We'll go to Nick Katanika. Oh, a little Dave Keon uh, drop in there. <laughs> Moderator, uh, who's bumped Garrett Calloway out of his, his job. And Garrett listens to the show all the time with the Vegas Golden Knights. The league takes over the media availability in the uh, Stanley Cup semifinals or conference finals and then the uh, the finals. So uh, I just want to give Garrett Calloway, who's done a nice job all year, and in uh, making sure that uh, Chris Chapman was limited in the number of questions that he was allowed. No, to ask. it wasn't Garrett. That no, Garrett was fine. He always called on me. Oh no, no, but it came from no, Garrett. No, no, no. Oh really? The message came from Garrett oh. and trickled down. Well, you know what? Garrett, I... Garrett, Garrett puts it out and says, "Who's going to ask the get the questions?" And then yeah. everybody else listens well, to Garrett. When I see Garrett next time, <laughs> I'm always very nice to Garrett too. Oh, so. this is... Yeah. This is going to be a fight. I can feel. No, it. no, I can no feel fight. It too. No fights. Look at no, no fight. I don't fight. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Garrett's house sitting for me. Uh, really? When when I go to uh, Tokyo, and and the family goes to Canada, so uh, I I think you should worry about me, and I'll get to Garrett. Okay. Well, I'm not going to worry about you. I mean, you'll be fine. Wow. Just hey, just, Chapman. Just remember for three more days. <laughs> re, no, 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 no. Hold on, Darren. You still have sixty seconds to get mad at, at Chapman. Remember, because of what happened the other day. Because of the other day, yeah. What happened yeah. the other day? You totally. Oh, I don't know, but you did something. It was ridiculous. the uh, the expansion yeah. draft. You didn't know who hosted the. Oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, that's it, right. Some that's some right. some Canadian TV guy. I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning are underway. You can listen to that one uh, if you want. It's game six of the Stanley Cup semifinal series with Tampa Bay uh, poised to advance with the victory uh, to the second straight Stanley Cup final. Uh, that one's on AM 1230, the game right now. Dave Gosher and Dave Maloney with the call of uh, of that one. Uh, talking about uh, the power play and and what they have to do, that, that whole narrative about just getting a bounce, like, there's something there to that. It, it it sounds overly simplistic, but there's mm-hmm. it's real. I mean, it to to a degree for sure. Like, and it's not even just the bounces in terms of pucks in front of the net, pucks in front of Carey Price. But like, when when the Golden Knights are are trying to pass the puck around, there have been times where it's just been a misfire, or it's been a puck that bounces in one direction out the out outside of the zone, and then you've got to recoil and try to get back um you know back into the zone so like i i i get where riley smith is coming from and there have been a couple of opportunities that have been right around the net that that have just not been pucks that the golden knights have been able to get to uh do you think they should use alec martinez a little bit more i i mean i i think that when you look at who has scored the power play goals for the Golden Knights in the playoffs, Alec Martinez has half of them. So yes, mm. probably, right? Like, I, but I mean, like, I'm at I'm at the same point where you know I I look at this situation and and I say you've got to find some type of combination that works. And 
Shea Theodore with Alec Martinez and Theodore kind of faking that that pass and getting to Martinez in, in his in his circle, like that has worked in the past, but how many opportunities, how many looks are you getting because the Montreal Canadiens are very, very aggressive in terms of how they're trying to kill penalties? It sure looks like Shea's squeezing the stick right now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, if they can get him just to relax, uh, everybody just to relax. But uh, hey, when the when the, the heat's on, it's uh, it's hard to go. Oh, it's okay. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll just take this one as as it comes. Uh, game six coming up. Uh, we'll get into that with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. Uh, plus, uh, dive into the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit more about what's going on there as the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, aim to advance uh, to the Stanley Cup Championship Series. It's the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network uh, is coming up in just a little bit. We'll chat about uh, the opening minutes of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders game, game six, in which the Islanders are trying to stay alive. How about that one? Coming off an 8 nothing shellacking in game five and try to bounce back. It's uh, got all the uh, same feelings of how Vegas was able to respond after the opener against the Colorado Avalanche. Now, Vegas actually dropped game two and went into that 2 nothing hole, but played much better and had the confidence to turn it around when they when they got home. From a result standpoint, uh, New York Islanders don't have any runway left to be able to do that. They have to win tonight uh, to force a game seven. And uh, we also will get into the Golden Knights uh, game six encounter tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. And this is sort of the, our last opportunity because we won't have a show tomorrow uh, due to, uh, Ryan, you preempting your own show with your pregame show yeah. uh, for uh, for us and uh, the fact that uh, that we have this opportunity now to talk about uh, game six tomorrow night and at times I've I've felt like especially the last couple of games just there's not a Christmas to the to the Golden Knights game whether it's uh, nerves whether it's fatigue whether it's uh, Mo- what Montreal is doing we should give Montreal credit uh, but I I wonder if 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 you play freer and Roy or McElroy talks about this all the time. I just got to let it go and play free. And when he does that, he plays uh, much better golf. Uh, if 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 the Golden Knights try and take that approach to just try to hang it out there. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know again you you have an opportunity in front of you where you know that um, that that you've you. One way or another, this series is coming to an end in the next two games, right? So for the Golden Knights, why not go out there, win a game, and then see where what you can do in a Game 7 on home ice in front of your fans? So I think that there's a, a likelihood, again, that the Golden Knights kind of are, are comfortable in this situation where they have their backs against the wall, where you know I don't think um, a lot of people are expecting, which kind of, blows my mind a little bit to say this but I don't think a lot of people are expecting the Golden Knights to win the next two games and we have seen that become a very very powerful thing for the Golden Knights in in unlocking their best possible game so where do you see the difference tomorrow night for the Vegas Golden Knights from what you've witnessed in the last two games one of which they've won but uh, we haven't seen the Golden Knights at their best. Where does it change and influence a better performance? 
For me, I think it's the forecheck. I think the Golden Knights have to be better on the forecheck at turning pucks over, getting to the defense of the Montreal Canadiens and forcing them into some mistakes because I think when the Golden Knights are really, really playing at their best, they're extending shifts in the offensive zone, they're playing uh, to that identity, and they're able to force multiple mistakes within a certain shift that eventually leads to offense for Vegas. Forecheck is not something that's uh, had the opportunity to work. And in much the same way that Vegas was able to beat the Colorado Avalanche pressure is uh, is Montreal's been able to get the puck out much faster. Uh, and and you've been on this from the very start. Like Getting a lead and, and, and taking advantage uh, has been an important factor and influence in this series. Uh, I think yeah. for Vegas, if they could ever score an early goal, and it's not the the uh, like you score early you're guaranteed to win but just to get a little bit of confidence early mm-hmm. i think yeah. would go farther in this situation than a lot of other games that they played this year yeah i i'm 100 there with you I, I think first goal in this series and i've said it many many times is incredibly important more so important to the golden knights than than anyone else just because you know, you see what happens when, when Montreal scores first and how they're able to play and take away the middle of the ice. Uh, I do think that one goal, like if Montreal scores one goal, uh, it's something that Vegas can come back from. They've done it. But if you if you give Montreal two or three, it just feels inevitable. It feels insurmountable. So I'm with you. I think the Golden Knights need to get the first goal of the game tomorrow uh, to, to settle into what they want to do and how they want to dictate play. Do you think it ends up being one of the big boys that comes through? Or, or, oh, or is man. it a Matthias Janmark type performance that we uh, were treated to in Game 7 against the Minnesota Wild? I mean, I feel like... <sighs> Like it should be the I, big I guys. Know. It should like be them. I'm so yeah, like I'm so torn, right? Because like it 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 should be Mark Stone. It should be Max Pacioretty. And I I'm like more encouraged that we might get that out of Max Pacioretty, given the fact that he was able to score um, in game in game number five. I feel like he might be feeling some confidence in his game and and what he can bring to the table in game six. But I mean, I ideally it would be one of the big guys because if you get Mark Stone feeling good about his game and 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 confident in his ability to put the puck in the back of the net, then that doesn't just help you game six. It helps you game seven. If you end up winning game six and you still don't have any points, no production from Mark Stone, I don't feel like you go into game seven feeling incredibly confident in that situation. So um, I feel like for me, it has to be one of the big guys. Didn't I already tell you that you win tomorrow night? It's a it's a BOGO in the Stanley Cup semifinal series because, I, I mean, because I know, Pete DeBoer is undefeated, 6-0, and the only coach ever to have that type of record, a 6-0 and record in Game 7s. I I know what you said. But you're like not I buying heard, it. I heard, your, I heard your stat. No, like so much can happen in the Game 7. Like, I mean, it's great, right, like that Pete DeBoer has, has found a way to win six of the, his first six Game 7s. But, like, I mean – that's a hard spot, and, and there's a lot of things that can happen, and it's in, incredibly unpredictable. Um, anything can happen in this game. Like it, 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 I know what the record says, but come on. Like it's, it's not a guarantee, that's for sure. It's not a guarantee, but I'm, I'm, I think I've got a good one here. Like it, it, nothing's 100%. And <laughs> I told somebody today, can we just get Pete to go around tomorrow talking about how it's game seven? Like, treat it totally as a Game 7. 
And then you then then you're doubling it even more. Well, I mean, it's a game seven for the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Like, I mean that that should be their mindset. It's it's one game, it's one game. You know, you, you win, you play on, you lose, you go home, and and I think that's how they should view that game tomorrow night. Are you surprised? On a scale of one to ten, ten being like flabbergasted, blown away, uh, that this series is going into Game Six with Montreal with a chance to win. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm an eleven. Like yeah, like this one goes to eleven for me. Like I I did not see this series playing out the way that it did. I didn't see the lack of production from the top six coming into play in the way that it has in this series. I didn't expect Montreal to score enough to be completely honest. So, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly surprised that this is where we're at after five games. And we just we don't learn, do we? After watching what they did against Toronto <laughs> and then watching the uh, efficiency against Winnipeg, and I, I called a sweep Montreal-Winnipeg. I'm one of the few that went out there and, and laid it on the line, Ryan, and mm-hmm. nobody gave me credit. Yeah, because... Who did you say was going to sweep the series? I, I, I said it, it was going to be Winnipeg sweeping. Yep. But, yeah, that's uh, why no one's giving you credit. But but, but at least at least <laughs> because, I called a sweep. you were wrong. You were wrong <laughs> at there. At least See? I called a sweep. See how that happens? <laughs> in that regard. And not one person said Millard was right. There was a sweep uh, in that. Uh, when we continue, we'll catch up with uh, our good friend Kevin Weeks. Uh, he will join us from the NHL Network. Uh, uh, his take on what we've witnessed, uh, probably talk about goaltending, but we'll try and stay away if we can. Uh, even though he's got the goaltending background. Uh, chat about uh, a little bit more about what's going on up front with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. And then the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who uh, are looking uh, and waiting for the first goal in Game 6 of that series. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Back-to-back nights with elimination games in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Islanders trying to force a Game 7 against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at the Old Barn, Nassau Coliseum, and tomorrow night at the Bell Centre in Montreal. The Vegas Golden Knights will try to uh, force the Montreal Canadiens to go the distance in the uh, other side of the bracket of the Final Four. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio as we bring in Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network to, to join us, talk a little hockey and talk a little bit about the Final Four. Isn't it nice that uh, this great series involving uh, Jennings Trophy winning uh, group from the Vegas Golden Knights and Carey Price, the, the, the goaltending uh, has been spectacular. Yeah, the goaltending has been great. It certainly has been and everything we expected it would be. And two future Hall of Famers, and Marc-Andre Fleury, an all-time great, and Kerry Price, uh, and approaching that category himself, I think he's a Hall of Fame lock, even based on his his accomplishments to date. Both guys have been great. We expected them to be great. Robin Leonard was excellent when he got in the net, too. So the uh, the expected level of goaltending has not disappointed one bit. Uh, just uh, on that front, and I, I said we weren't going to go a deep dive on goaltending prior to you coming on, and here we are. But uh, Mike Rosati uh, takes over the Golden Knights uh, goaltending as the goaltending coach, and he's done a marvelous job uh, tweaking both Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. And then you've got uh, Sean Burke, who a mid-season uh, change with the Montreal Canadiens on the goaltending coach front. And and now we've got uh, uh, Carey Price uh, playing some of the best hockey uh, of his career. So a uh, couple of guys who have done great jobs behind the scenes. 
you're absolutely right. Yeah, no question. I mean, in the case of in the case of Sean Burke, I guess we'll kind of start with him. You know, Sean Burke has done a really outstanding job, which is very difficult to do because right off the hop, I, I really thought Stefan Waite to date did an outstanding job with Kerry, and it was only a few years ago where Kerry seemingly won every award. And I remember being in Vegas and interviewing him when he swept almost every award possible. And then uh, the the goalie coaching change was made in Montreal. In comes Sean Burke, somebody I used to watch uh, as a young guy growing up in Toronto and going to watch him play at St. Mike's Arena back home and then getting the chance to play against him in the NHL. And Burke, had a great NHL career. He's uh, a really good hockey executive, I really believe, and, and very brilliant at our position as well, especially under the tutelage of uh, Ben Waller, who's a goalie coach with the Rangers, who did an amazing job of not only extending Sean's career but uh, in Phoenix, but allowing him to thrive later in his career. And a lot of those principles, he's, a, he's applied to Kerry Price. So you see with Kerry Price, I was mentioning this on the air last night, his pushing and stopping when he skates, you can actually hear him push and stop. He's pushing with force. He's stopping with force setting up in position. He's not oversliding past his post. Uh, there's times when he can read the play and there's no pass option. He's a little more aggressive and he'll challenge. And there's other times where he's a little bit more conservative in his blue paint. Uh, all those changes coming under Sean Burke, all the while, too. Like, in the latter stages of the regular season, and they've paid off big dividends. And in the case of, uh, of the, the, the Golden Knights, I think one thing that's really important is Dave Pryor did an amazing job with them, and Mike Rosati's come in and done an outstanding job. And I would even say right now the Silver Knights that Freddie Brathway did a great job with Logan Thompson this year too. And with, uh, with the Flower and obviously with Robin, you, know, you mentioned it, Darren, both these guys won the, the Jennings, which is a testament to obviously the team in front of them, but how great both of them have played all year long. And I think Marc-Andre Fleury, I think the Flower's going to win the Vezina this year too in what's his 17th NHL season of a Hall of Fame career. So it really goes to show, and I know you've talked about this, and I've been talking about this for years, the value of outstanding goalie coaching and just how pivotal that is to any franchise, especially at the NHL level. Kevin Weeks uh, joining us. Another one on the uh, Marc-Andre Fleury bandwagon for Vezina Trophy on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Kevin, what have the Montreal Canadiens done so well in this series to frustrate and shut down the Golden Knights' top six? There's not a lot. There, here's the one thing, too. I guess we can start with this. Typically, Vegas can impose their will physically in addition to their skill. They haven't been able to do that against Montreal because this isn't your older brother or sister's Montreal Canadiens. This isn't the team that went to the conference final in 2010. I have to say, this is the best job that Mark Bergevin has done in his long tenure. I give him a lot of credit. This offseason, between him and ownership, they were able to add pieces, Stanley Cup winners, guys that play hard and that are committed to winning and that are unafraid of the physicality of the playoff. And I would say without those pieces, like Joel Edmondson, like Corey Perry, and some of the Tyler Toffoli, some of these other pieces that they brought in, Eric Stahl, without some of those pieces, I would say, you know, Vegas would have had this, this, this series by a landslide. But the fact that Montreal doesn't shy away from the physicality, their top D are able to handle the physicality, so too are their forward group now. It, it's kind of neutralized what should have been uh, a, a real unfair advantage for Vegas based on their physicality. So there's not a lot of room to make plays and, and take advantage of 
the kind of tenacity that Vegas plays with in their favor. That's, that's been a little bit offset so far. I would then also say, too, not only at even strength, but clearly we've seen that on the penalty kill where Montreal's 28 of 28 on the penalty kill, and I think they're only a minus one goal differential right now on the, on the penalty kill. They've been amazing. Uh, now, in the, in the case of Vegas, the thing for me is once you, your power play starts struggling, you want to simplify it a little bit more. Even if you have to shoot to create more, and, and by that I mean shooting for rebounds and shooting from angles you otherwise wouldn't. But Vegas hasn't chosen to do that as such. And I guess yesterday a great indicator of that is only six shots on goal in the first period for the Golden Knights at home in front of their amazing fans. I mean, that, that, that was an unsightly number for them. And consequently, Montreal's the best team of the Final Four right now when they have a lead as well. It's a, a great example of like, Montreal just had to get there. And then right. when things change, because we do know playoff hockey is different, they had a team that, that appears to be better suited for the second season than the first season. You're exactly right. There's no question. I think based on their composition now, the way in which their team is built and the pieces that they have, those players are willing to play through traffic. They're willing to play through uh, contact on the board. They're, they're, they're not shying away from some of those confrontations. I mean, Montreal out hit Vegas yesterday which, again, let's say a year and a half, maybe two years ago, you never thought that'd be the case. But the blend of some of the veteran players, be it Shea Weber, Petrie, Edmondson, you know, I spoke to Tyler Chipotle about this a couple weeks ago, and he said, we've got a great room. We really do. I played in, in L.A. I know what a great room's like. We've got a great room here. And there's no, uh, there's no rub. There's, there's a real good harmony between younger to middle-aged our young players. And our young players, they want to take information. They want to process information. They want answers. They want to be better in a lot of ways. And, and they ask. They're sponges. And, you know, when, when he told me that, that just further kind of corroborated what I thought. And I'll go back to the offseason. You know, not every team maybe was capitalized the same way as Montreal based on the pandemic. Maybe the ownership wasn't in the same position. But I have to say, from uh, Jeff Molson, the Molson family, and, of course, Mark Bergman, they made big calls this offseason and in-season. Like you said, with the coaching change, goalie coach change, and some of the other decisions, Mark Bergman put all, all of his cards on the table, and he went all in. And I give him credit because the ownership matched that this year, uh, off-season and in-season, and paying dividends for them to this point. You can see him on the NHL Network. It's Kevin Weeks so joining us on the VGK Insider Show ahead of Game 6 between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights. So, Kevin, in, in terms of the Montreal Canadiens, like at what point do we stop underestimating this team? Is it, is it only with a win and going to the Stanley Cup Final? Or are they past that point where everyone should look at this team as, as a team that has all the goods to win playoff hockey and go the distance? You know, I, I would say it's probably about that time or maybe a little past due now just because they've got a very excellent franchise and a top-end team on the ropes right now in the break of elimination. And you know, if you've heard me from day one, I've been bullish on Vegas. I've been bullish on, on the fan base, the atmosphere, the city, the region, the arena, the practice. I mean, Mr. Foley, you name it. Like They've done everything almost perfectly. What they've done is unprecedented in the history of pro sports, really. And the fact that Montreal, a reconstructed Montreal, is going toe-to-toe with these guys tells me a lot. 
And, you know, especially guys, a lot of people don't know, but for a lot of the restrictions for those players and their family members back home in Canada, uh, and I say that, you know, having lived in the U.S. for 20 years and living in New York, last Miami now, I got to tell you, those, those, a lot of the restrictions back in Canada have been very, very, very oppressive. They've been challenging. Not being able to go to eat, can't go to dinner with your family. I mean, there's players on that team, and I know for a fact I won't name names, but some guys didn't even hardly have ice to skate on in the offseason. Like that, that, and this is their job. This isn't rec hockey that these guys are playing. Like, this is how they feed their families. And, and you know, this is, this is their, their career. And a lot of them, literally inside of a week of training camp, some guys didn't have ice up until a week before training camp. And, you know, you're playing the same division within the same country and the same borders. And what was really, really oppressive from a lot of the extreme lockdowns that we've had back home in Canada. So all of that to say, for them to come through that and some of those challenges, it, it, it really is a testament to them in a lot of ways. And not to say that it wasn't to the other clubs, but I, I certainly know from speaking to family and friends and people in the business with Montreal, but on the other organizations back in Canada too, what these teams were able to accomplish is nothing short of amazing. And i give you an example too. A lot of you might not know this, but Austin Matthews is, you know, he's raised in, in Arizona. And he had a few of his teammates, including Freddie Anderson, skating with him during the, uh, during the pause and prior to the start of the season. Of course, because they were able to get ice there in, in, in Arizona. And a guy by the name of Connor McDavid skated with him, too. And, yeah, they're two of the best players in the world, no question, but they ha- both had two of the best seasons in the league, too, in Connor McDavid and, of course, Austin Matthews. So, you know, there's a little bit of correlation there, and the fact that Montreal was able to, at least at this point, overcome some of those challenges and be where they are against an amazing Vegas team is uh, it's a testament to them for sure. Well, uh, Austin and Connor were uh, practicing and getting into shape. The Tampa Bay Lightning were partying and <laughs> celebrating the Stanley Cup, and and here they are uh, leading right now, one uh, nothing in Game Six. Braden Point scored again. Uh, believe that. Uh, trying to catch Reggie Leach, the Riverton Rifle, uh, for most consecutive goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's one nothing there. Uh, the Islanders, like I, I like their chances in this game, even down one nothing. Uh, where do they have to be better in the final forty? Big thing for me with the Islanders is right now they've they've they're a hard team to play against, but they've they've made it easier on Tampa than it needs to be. Some of the penalties, some of the lack of discipline, and that great defensive structure that we've seen from them, certainly that disintegrated uh, last game. And the, I, I really thought that, that that first goal was all important for them, especially being back at the Cauley here in New York, as they call mm-hmm. it, the Coliseum. I thought that that first goal was really imperative for them. It's not the be-all, end-all, don't get me wrong, but that first goal is really important. And playing from the middle of the ice out and forcing Tampa have to shoot from the angle. Not dissimilar to exactly what Montreal's doing in Vegas, what we just discussed. You know, you talk to players on Vegas, you know, there are a couple nice, strong takes to the net by Mark Stone um, in yesterday's game. You saw him attacking the net, walking the goal line, and, and challenging the D a little bit where he could, but there was not a lot of opportunities to do that. Where, uh, conversely, Tampa's been able to have, especially the last two games, but last game specifically, uh, opportunity to do that against the Islanders, and the Islanders have to play to their strength, which is great positional defensive hockey, which then leads to their offensive opportunities. But if you allow Tampa to open it up off the rush the way they did last game and for them to get that all-important first goal, that's a, that's a, pretty, tough, that's a pretty tough recipe. 
you're trying to be, beat the defending Stanley Cup champs. we got about 25 seconds here. Are you going to travel in the Stanley Cup final? Will we see in Vegas if uh, the Golden Knights pull this out? I would love to, but my, my understanding is my assignment is going to be from studio uh, calling the games for the NHL Network and the NHL International feed, doing color for those. So that's my understanding of my assignment right now. Nice. We've got a little international flavor for Kevin Weeks. <laughs> a little globalage. Yeah. Oh, it is. boy. <laughs> hey, good catching up with you, buddy. Great hearing you, too. Keep up the great work, and thanks to all the amazing fans out there that watch us on the NHL Network. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we love uh, we love keeping uh, tabs on what you're doing on the NHL Network as well and all the gang there. Uh, there's Kevin Weeks, uh, analyst with the NHL Network, and uh, be doing a little bit of work on the international front uh, uh, as we uh, work our way towards uh, the Stanley Cup final. What kind of hand signals are you giving me there? Well, I was giving you a heads up that we have a prize to give away before okay. we end the show. What It looked like you were making a character run no, across no, I, the... Uh, I, I, I was signaling like phone. 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 Yeah. So I'm thinking, who's phoning? Who's calling? Well, whoever wants to win tickets to go see Brad Paisley. <laughs> this is a well-scripted radio show. Uh, oh, boy. Ryan, do you, yeah. you want to give something away? Sure. You guys have all the information on it, though. It's so. Brad Paisley you, you, at the win. You handle it, buddy. We've got two tickets to see Brad Paisley at the win. If you want to go, give us a call right now. The show is Friday night, by the yeah, way. Friday night at the win. 702-876-1340. It's Friday night at the win, and it's my pal Brad Paisley is going to be putting on a show. I can't wait. Super awesome, What's the caller dude. number? What's the caller number again? 876 1340, and we're doing caller number six. Well, I should do, like, caller number 824 and make Chapman stay here all night. But I'll do caller number six. Why do you think six. we used we used to do that? It used to be 100 or hundred plus every single time we had a giveaway, and that was the reason why. <laughs> and then you, you come in, and you're like, no, don't be mean to him. I like that executive decision. Don't be mean to him. You guys are way too mean to him before I joined the show. <laughs> they, they were. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so what do you think tomorrow night? Win? I think we're back for a game seven. I do too. Uh, pre-game show, 5 o'clock tomorrow. And then uh, we'll get into it. Uh, 4 to 5, the pregame show, and then the puck drops just after that on Fox Sports Las Vegas.